Happy New Year and welcome to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is episode 164 of the podcast, your wild card weekend and bowl championship preview. Great to have you guys with us. Thank you so much, as always, for your continued support. In just a few minutes, Doug Kazarian, sports betting analyst for ESPN, is going to jump on the pod. We're going to talk about all four wild card games with Doug. We're going to talk about the national championship game with Doug. We're going to talk a little NBA at the end with Doug. He has a fascinating article up on ESPN Chalk right now about which NBA players are worth the most to the point spread. But we begin with this week's six-point teaser of the week. All right, the six-point teaser of the week is now 10-6-1 on the season after last weekend's push. We won the Texans' side of the equation, but we teased the Niners from 10 up to 16. They won by exactly 16, so that results in a push. So 10-6-1 on the season for the six-point teasers. The analysis here will be relatively brief because if I'm teasing these two NFL games, I'm probably picking them as well, and we'll get to the pick segment in just a moment. First half, take the Chargers from plus three, which is out there, but if you can only find plus two and a half, tease it up to plus eight and a half or plus nine at Baltimore for all the reasons that are going to be listed in a little bit and then some. If the Chargers can survive the first quarter, which is my biggest concern here because if you go back and look, In virtually every big game they've played, they have absolutely stumbled right onto their faces coming out of the gates. But if they can survive the first quarter, I don't see Lamar Jackson and the read option assaulting the Charger defense the way it did two weeks ago. The prep that the Chargers have put in for this combined with their crazy success on the road this season, 7-1 straight up, 7-1 against the spread, will be enough to not only cover the nine-point teaser, but enough to cover the three-point line as well as win this game outright. So take the Chargers, tease them from plus three up to plus nine. On the other side of the equation, take the Chicago Bears from minus six and a half and tease them down to a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. Too much, too early, too often. That is the best way to describe what Chicago's defense is going to do to the Philadelphia offense Sunday at Soldier Field. Look at how the Bears have performed at home this season And then think back to that 41-point beatdown the Saints put on the Eagles back on November 18th. We'll have more on that game in the Pick'em segment, which is coming up in just a moment. But for right now, your wild card six-point teaser of the week features the Chargers. Tease from plus three to plus nine against the Ravens. And you're going to pair that with the Bears. Tease from minus six and a half down to minus a half against the Eagles. 3-0 last week with our NFL selections, which means we are 7-0 against the spread with our NFL picks over the last two weeks on the season. 40, 25, and 1. Let's keep it cooking. Give me some music. All right, game number one, the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans Saturday, 4.35 p.m. Eastern, 1.35 Pacific, NRG Stadium. This is my least favorite selection of the weekend, but what the hell? It's the playoffs, and we're picking all of them in one way, shape, or form. The public absolutely loves Andrew Luck and the Colts in this spot, and it's easy to see why. Indy has won four straight, as well as nine of its last ten, and that includes a three-point win and cover at Houston back on December 9th. All of that has led to what I believe is value with a Texans team that is playing at home as a minuscule one-point favorite. Remember, 
The Texans are 4-1 against the spread over the last five home games thanks to a defense that is surrendering an average of just 17 points per game at NRG Stadium this season. I don't love it, but I'll lay the point with the Texans in this spot. Game number two, Seattle at Dallas, Saturday, 8-15 Eastern, 5-15 Pacific, AT&T Stadium in Arlington. The Seahawks have failed to cover the number only three times in their last 12 outings and are 4-1 against the spread over their last five road dates. But this game boils down to a simple question for me. Do I want to side with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, who are 4-1 against the spread over their last five wildcard games, or Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott? the former of which has won one playoff game in eight full seasons on the job. Yeah, that's what I thought. And by the way, has anybody noticed the fact that the Dallas defense is now surrendering an average of 25 points per game over the last four weeks, which includes games against the Buccaneers and the Giants? Give me the deuce with Seattle. They're going to win this game outright. Game number three, Sunday, 105 p.m. Eastern, 10.05 a.m. Pacific, M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, as the Chargers travel east to take on the Ravens. Phillip Rivers and company went 7-1, and one, both straight up and against the spread, on the road this season with a scoring differential of plus 63, and marquee wins at Seattle, at Pittsburgh on a Sunday night, and at Kansas City on a Thursday night. Needless to say, these guys do not mind playing away from Los Angeles. The big threat in Baltimore comes in the form of quarterback Lamar Jackson and the read option offense, but the Chargers have the advantage of having already seen it up close and personal in the form of a 22-10 Week 16 loss to the Ravens. That 60 minutes of experience will play huge in the wild card round as the L.A. defense, given ample time to prepare, won't be caught off guard for a second time in a three-week span. Give me the field goal with the Chargers and sprinkle a little on the money line for good measure as L.A. wins this game outright. And finally, Sunday, 4.40 p.m. Eastern, 1.40 p.m. Pacific, Soldier Field in Chicago. It's the Eagles, the defending champions, taking on the Bears. I grew up an hour from Philadelphia and love my Eagles, but that fandom doesn't blind me to the fact that the Birds are severely overmatched in this one. Chicago's defense is straight filth, having anchored an effort at Soldier Field this season. That's all the Bears go 7-1, both straight up and against the spread, with a scoring differential of plus 85. Hashtag 85, Bears fans. You know what I'm talking about. Not only that, but Chicago is surrendering an average of just 17.5 points per game at home this season. And get this. The Bears are a superb 16-4-1 against the spread over their last 21 home dates. Yes, Mitchell Trubisky's first playoff spot worries me a bit. And yes, Matt Nagy, being from the Andy Reid School of Game Management, worries me just a tad as well if this game is tight in the fourth quarter. But I don't really see either being a major factor in this game against a banged-up Eagles squad that is just happy to have qualified for the playoffs after winning last year's Super Bowl. Lay then a six-and-a-half with the Bears. To recap, lay the one with Houston over Indy. Take the two with Seattle over Dallas. Take the three with the Chargers over the Ravens. Lay the six-and-a-half with the Bears over the Eagles. going to be up 500 by midnight. Yeah, <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Now, they're going to start eh, odd, and then they're going to get more and more obvious. Do you like monkeys with knives? Like I said, hmm, this is intriguing, but perhaps a bit odd. Do you like sports gaming? Now we're starting to warm up. Do you like winning money? Now we're there. Then check out monkeyknifefight.com. That's monkeyknifefight.com. It's the new 100% legal gaming site that everybody's talking about. They have dozens of games and chances to win. Games like Over Under, 
where you win if you nail two player-based props or hit five props and the winnings even bigger. So play now. Enter the promo code COVERS and get a $5 free game and an exclusive instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's the promo code COVERS. And if you go into the bio of this podcast, the link is right there. Click the link. Use the promo code COVERS. Boom. That's monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com. I feel so unsatisfied. Sports betting analyst at ESPN and host of the Behind the Bets podcast, which I highly recommend you check out the second you get a chance. You can follow him on Twitter at Doug ESPN. Doug Kazarian making his return to the Sharp 600. Doug, happy new year. How are you, my man? Same to you, my man. I appreciate you having me back on. Things are going well out here. The weather's been cooperating, but we know that won't last the rest of the winter for sure. <laughs> Being from the Northeast myself, if you've made it to this point, you're all right. You're in good shape, but you always know what's behind door number two, right? Yeah, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Much like the, uh, you know, the, the Dak Prescott interception. It's, it's going to happen. You just don't know when. <laughs> All right, let's start with game number one on Saturday. It's the Indianapolis Colts in Houston to take on the Texans. Indy has won four straight and nine of their last ten at the Westgate. Currently, they're catching one and a half points. Do you see Andrew Luck and company keeping it rolling here? Well, it's, you know, it's just a fascinating um, situation with all these short home favorites, right? Like we're so used to seeing home favorites in the playoffs, at least three, right? At least three. But we have three of them, not just one, but three of them less than a field goal. And that's what's just alarming. And in wild card weekend since 2005, the underdog is 8-1-1 one, and one against the spread in those situations. So there's a reason this number's not the full three. So I lean Indian. I lean the, the short underdogs in all three of those situations this weekend. Later that day, it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys hosting the Seattle Seahawks in a similar situation. Dallas laying two here. Now, for me, I look at it as I can have Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, or I can take Jason Garrett, and I can take Dak Prescott. It worries me siding with the home team here, especially when you consider the fact that Garrett has won just one playoff game in his eight full years on the job. Do you see him breaking through here? Uh, he could, I, I'm, these teams, it's, it's so hard because they, they just, Seattle's been nice, but they, that Kansas city game was really the only really impressive win they've had. They've kind of taken care of business, especially at home. And, you know, in the Bay area, it's not exactly, they look like world beaters against the Niners either. So I'm, I'm just gun shy to go all in on Seattle, but I just don't trust Dak Prescott on the podcast that you mentioned. I made the analogy that Prescott's just that hot shooter at the craps table. Like, you know the math is against him. You know that seven is coming. You just you want to believe it, and you want to go get on the train because it's exciting, but you just know it's inevitable that it's going to be derailed, and that's kind of where I am with Prescott and the Cowboys. Either way here, whether it's a Seahawks win or a Cowboys win, do you see either team making any noise past this round? I think Seattle has higher ceilings than Dallas. I Ultimately, it comes down to quarterback. It's a quarterback-driven league. I think last year was an anomaly. I know we almost got Blake Bortles in the Super Bowl, and I know Foles won it all, but some of that is coaching, and Foles is not a typical backup. I will give him credit. He did go to the Pro Bowl in his first stint in Philly, although I'm not a believer in Foles 
I just think it's a quarterback-driven league. I don't think Prescott's very good. He's not accurate. I know they're run heavy and their defense is solid. I just think at some point he's going to throw costly picks. We saw it in that game against the Eagles a few weeks ago at home where they had the game in control, threw a pick, and then all of a sudden they had to win it in overtime. I just don't believe in this Dallas team. I could be wrong, but I think the Seahawks have a higher – it's like a better long shot, if you will. If you had to pick two long shots, I would take Seattle. First game out of the shoot on Sunday, it's the Ravens laying two and a half or three, depending on where you're shopping, against Phillip Rivers and the Chargers. Just a couple weeks ago, the Ravens went to L.A. and hammered the Chargers 22-10. to 10. They're one of the hottest teams in football, and they've got one of the best defenses in football. But it's going to be tough to beat the same team twice in such a short span, considering how talented the Chargers have been on the road this season. Do you see Lamar Jackson doing it again? Absolutely. I've been uh, buying into Lamar Jackson. Look, I'm a, I believe in the whole West Coast team in that early time slot. I, I do believe in it. I think it more rears its ugly head in the regular season than the postseason. I, I would like the Chargers more if it were a later game. I, I, loved, I, I get the fatu- infatuation with Phillip Rivers and the Chargers. I've just never been a big believer in this team uh, over the years. I've seen them. You know, basically, they're like the Clemson of the NFL, right? Back in the day, we heard Clemsoning. Well, they're charging, and and at some point, they're going to do it. This Ravens team is a small margin of error, but I certainly think they can get it done at home in this spot. It's a coin flip, man. I don't have a strong opinion on a lot of these games, but I think it's a coin flip. Biggest spread of the weekend takes place in the final game. It's the Bears laying six and a half against the defending champion Eagles. People love the Nick Foles narrative. They think he's going to catch lightning in a bottle yet again. Personally, I grew up as an Eagles fan. I'm from Allentown, PA. I mean, I have watched this team become decimated with injuries. And I remember the primetime game against the Cowboys a few weeks ago where they just couldn't get anything going. I understand that was Carson Wentz, but this Bears defense is something special. Personally, I'm leaning towards laying the points, and I love the Bears in all six-point teaser plays. What are you thinking about this spot? The Bears are my strongest play this weekend. I I think – this whole Nick Foles thing is like, yeah, whatever. I also remember the Nick Foles who couldn't do anything against the Falcons in the playoff opener a year ago and against the Raiders on the Monday night in his first start after Carson Wentz's injury. That's the Nick Foles I know. He's still in that Rams upset, had some horrible throws, including an interception in the red zone. He's not a very good quarterback, and I think we're going to see that and be reminded that. This Bears defense is top-notch. They're awesome at home. I believe the Bears are 7-1 and at home against the number this season. Yep. I would not want to go in there with Nick Foles as my quarterback. Last year, look, it was an incredible Super Bowl. But remember, two weeks to prepare. They had Frank Reich. A lot of things went right. Um, Give me the Bears, and I think it's a beatdown hard at Soldier Field. If the Bears win this game, that means they're in Los Angeles to take on the Rams next weekend. What's the likelihood you see them pulling that upset off? Because I'd imagine they'd be dogs in that game. Oh, they'll they'll definitely be dogs, but I think they're a live dog. I, I think defense travels, and you know what? Look, I know squares typically remember what they last saw, and I'm certainly guilty of doing that a little too much, but Jared Goff this year has struggled against good teams, and last year in the playoff game against Atlanta, that offense couldn't do anything. And I don't know if Goff has golf has just been masked by his uh, you know great coach, but there's just something. I don't trust with this team. Look, losing Cooper Cup hurt. We'll see how much spread is off the tires of Todd Gurley. Maybe he got rejuvenated by resting the past couple weeks. But there's something a little off, and you can run. You can run all over this Rams defense. That is, excuse me, yeah, that's their Achilles heel. So I think 
That's what the Eagles did. And I think that's what the Bears can do in L.A. if they get there. But I'm excited to watch this Bears defense fly around at home. It's just, I don't know if you've been to Soldier Field, especially in a playoff game, but there's just something about the buzz in that crowd. And they just, like, they always win their home opener. They always win and cover their home opener at the beginning of the season. And I think they're just a really tough opponent this weekend. Love Soldier Field. Was only there once, but it was for a Sunday night game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I remember just the tailgate, the fans. It was like November, but it wasn't super cold Chicago November yet. And it was just an amazing time to be there. A true football city, no doubt. Yeah, no, it's awesome, man. I was there for that Eagles playoff game uh, with the Bears uh, about 15 years ago or so. I believe it was the same day as the Tuck game. And it was freezing, and the Bears... And Eagles were playing that game at Soldier Field, and it was just an exciting game. And, you know, I think, I believe the Eagles won, but, um, you know, there's just something about that play, especially when it gets cold out there. Monday night, the national championship comes to Levi Stadium here in the Bay Area. Alabama opened as a six and a half point favorite. That is now down as low as four and a half. You've got a total sitting around 58 and a half. We'll get to that in a second, but. Bama laying the points in the third national championship installment of Bama versus Clemson. Which direction are you leaning here? I lean the underdog, and it looks like the lines come down a little bit too. I believe the Westgate now has four and a half, so there's been some sharp money on the on the underdog here, and I, I get it. I, you know, this is a game where I'd want a uh, in-game bet because I, I just neither team has really been tested. If you if you I know that. Bama had a test against Georgia, came back with Jalen Hurts, and had a nice game against Oklahoma. But what we remember for each team is that they've been dominant all year, but they've been dominant against, like, bad teams. So Clemson really hasn't been tested. And I thought, look, I, I just think the final score was not indicative of how close that game was in the first half with Notre Dame. I'm not saying Notre Dame should have won, but I'm saying Notre Dame had opportunities early, left points on the board, and it was – Really, um, you know, if Ian Book hits a couple guys, the fumble along the sideline on the kickoff, like and maybe the touchdown right before half for Clemson doesn't happen. Who knows, right? I just, I don't, I think it's going to be an awesome game. Both are loaded, but I just feel like each team is a little off, and I, and I can't really put my finger on it. From a total perspective, the narrative coming into this game will be the quarterback play between Trevor Lawrence at Clemson and, of course, two of the Heisman runner-up at Alabama. But these are two absolutely nasty defenses. I'm thinking under. Uh, if I have to pick a side or a total, any equation here, I'm thinking under is my favorite lean of all. 58.5 points. What do you think about that? I would lean over, actually. I don't think – I don't. I, like I said, I think Ian Book had opportunities against the defense, and I think – Tua is obviously really special. I think they're going to put up points, and I don't think they're, either team's going to be able to run much. I think the defensive fronts are really stout against the run. I actually think we're going to see some points, and I don't think it's all that high of a total, all things considered. So I would lean over in that case. Before I let you go, you just wrote a great piece for ESPN about NBA players and which ones are worth the most to the point spread. Instead of me just giving it away, what would you come away with when you were talking to Ed over at the Westgate? Well, it's really complicated, and much like all of this is, as you very well know, and there are just so many variables into NBA betting. And he was saying that actually NFL uh, point spread making on injuries is easier because you know what a quarterback means, you know what a running back means. But it's not as isolated with a guy like LeBron, who does so much. He's the focal point of an offense. He, he plays both ends as opposed to football. 
And, and there's so much that goes into NBA lines making with not only the key numbers, like we see in football to a certain extent, but also just the spot, like teams off a loss, teams on the road, like back-to-back. If you lose a superstar, you're more, that team's more likely to fold because the superstar is usually the one that, that sets the tone for a team on a back-to-back and things like that. It's very, it's very complex. But LeBron, he just turned 34 this week. He's in the 16th NBA season. And in a vacuum, all things being equal, he is still the most valuable player to the point spread. And we saw that in Cleveland where the team was just horrendous. Um, and if you in their last 16 games, in the last 16 games LeBron missed, the Cavs were, I believe, were 1-15 against the number in those 17 games, in those 16 games. But when he does play, the lines are overvalued, right? And that's the thing. The, the, the NBA tends to overvalue all-stars too much in the point spread. That's why the Warriors are so bad against the point spread. The Cavs last year had one of the worst point spread cover percentages that we've seen for any team in a single season in the past two decades, I believe fourth worst. And then you see the Raptors lead the Eastern Conference and wins. They're under 500. So there's just too much of a tax on these higher-profile teams with these high-profile all-stars. But when they're out, there actually is value betting against those teams in some places like LeBron that the Cavs just used to fold like a cheap suit, but the Lakers are 2-2 two and two against the number. So maybe it was a Cleveland thing and not a LeBron thing. So it's really just so fascinating. I'm interested to see. And then even handicapping, handicapping one spot, like let's say one guy's resting for one game, that's a different set sort of approach to analysis than a situation like the Lakers with extended period of time where Luke Walton, in this case, will have to tweak rotation, tweak offensive set, whereas if it's just a one-off game, you're not going to change anything. It's a terrific article. It's up on ESPN Chalk right now. You can find a link to the article in the bio for this podcast. Sports betting analyst at ESPN, host of the Behind the Bets podcast, and you can follow him on Twitter at Doug ESPN. Doug Kazarian with us here on the Sharp 600. Doug, always a pleasure, my man. Thanks so much for the insight. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll catch up soon. Really, really appreciate it, Joe. I appreciate it, and congrats on the new baby, the newborn. Thanks so much. I'm not getting any sleep, but uh, I guess congrats are in order in those situations. <laughs> Supposed to be. No doubt. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate it. You got it. Kiss my butt! Wrong Sometimes the ball bounces your way, and sometimes it does not. The key is to have a short memory when it comes to this business, and that is exactly what I need after what took place with our college football picks over the last week. A 28-0 Alabama lead resulted in no cover. We also missed on the Alabama team total over when Saban and the Crimson Tide throttled down late in that game. Now, that's one thing. But then we had the over in the Missouri-Oklahoma State game. And for those of you who didn't see how that ended, damn. And then, of course, a 28-3 lead in the Rose Bowl turns into a miss on the Ohio State point spread cover as well. So a brutal week in college football puts us at 39, 40, and 1 on the season. For as hot as we've been in the NFL, we've been equally as cold with our college football picks. Your final college football pick of the season begins right now. All right, Monday night, 8.05 p.m. Eastern, 5.05 p.m. Pacific, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. It's the Alabama Crimson Tide taking on the Clemson Tigers. 
Quick side note for those of you listening to this who may be at the game, hit me up. It's right in my backyard. I will be down there early. Let's check this thing out together. This one opened with Bama as a six and a half point favorite, but enough money has come in backing Clemson to drop the line two points towards the Tigers, which absolutely has to grab your attention. Personally, I lean to the Crimson Tide minus the four and a half in this spot, but that's not the official pick. It's just a lean. Rather, I'll be playing under 58 and a half total points come Monday night, as I think defense wins the day in this showdown. The under is four and one in Clemson's last five games overall, and four and zero in the Tigers' last four neutral site games. The way I see it here, you're going to have two teams feeling each other out for the opening 15 minutes or so, and then they'll both attempt to turn on the engines. That could be huge with a game total damn near 60 points. Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. He's got a huge career in front of him. But I think Nick Saban has the edge when it comes to pressuring and confusing the young signal caller. It's not a play I love, but I'll definitely be on the under come Monday night as I hope the public pushes this total a tad higher between now and kickoff. That's a wrap for episode 164 of the podcast. Shout out Doug Kazarian from ESPN for jumping on. It is greatly appreciated. Shout out to all of you. We couldn't do it without your support. Enjoy the game Monday night. Enjoy the wild card games this weekend, everybody. Happy New Year, be well, and best of luck.